to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And uh, thank you for joining us for the Richmond. Once was a premier team uh, looking at the Tigers. And Swizz, thank you for joining us. I see you've got your lovely Richmond shirt on. You're faithful. How are you today? Mate, flying. Anytime we've got to talk about the Tigers, I'm flying, mate. So this is going to be a fun podcast. Probably three hours. Just sit back, get some popcorn and listen to me talk about the Mighty Tigers. Well, speaking of flying, you boys will need to be on some drugs to make the top eight this year. But um, before we move on in our social media, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, also all the audio platforms as well, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on the YouTube, please do search for us, Supercoach Insider. And that's it, Swizz, mate, take over. Take over. Where would we begin the uh, surely premiership favourites this year, mate? We're going to be flying. Let's let's start with the draw. We start with the draw and that. West Coast are favourites. Bitch, <laughs> just worked out we played them twice. There's two fucking wins. Cop that. Um, no, well, we start off with a win every year. We play the Blue Baggers and that, and this was their looking like their best chance to get us in a while. And then Walshie was like, nah, I'm going to put a stop to that. We let Richmond win that game every year. So, yeah, we know we're going to start off with a win first week. Uh, GWS, Saints, and then you know, the Doggies, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, Crows and then the D's, that's a tough one. Look <laughs> at the fucking Eagles. Eagles, actually, this is an interesting little area. Eagles, Pies, Hawks, uh, I think the Bombers are in there too. So, and we play Carlton again not long after that. So, there's some winnable games for the Tigers if they're uh, able to bounce back early. Um, but, you know, we saw last year some of the guys that get aging on a little bit. So, yeah, a bit like Geelong, but Geelong are a bit, you know, more advanced than us, I think, this season. It's probably our last crack at a a possible flag, but I, I don't think we've got the, the cattle anymore to do that. Uh, but we'll, I think we'll bounce back and be at least a finals contender and, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, do our best. And you never know, finals time, anything can happen with those experienced players. But as, uh, well, yeah, I think as a, a start of the year, there's winnable games and the boys get going early. They, um, they might get some momentum coming into those bigger games mid-year. Right. Now, here's a funny controversial statement. I actually think the Blues win in your first game this year. <laughs> and they're $3.36 as well. you want on that, mate? <laughs> they're $3.36. I am not even lying. Like, do you know what I mean? I thought it would be much more 50-50. I know they, they've had the history there, but when you have a look, right, um, Richmond are thirty-five, And, like, I just think... You know, Carlton, mate, Thursday night, 46, 25 word, PM. Two words, Sam fucking Walsh, mate. Yeah, well, there. look, it's okay. They got Chera, they got Hewitt. I'll let Hewitt run free this game, mate. Chris can bank on that one. But um, Paddy Cripps, I think you're just going to get muscled, mate, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, $3.36, even then I'm sitting there going, geez, I wouldn't mind throwing a 20 on that one. So, you, you go, uh, what, mate, mate, anybody... Give a charity for Ben to buddy donate that twenty bucks too, because it's not fucking worth it putting on the board. <laughs> hey, I don't I only use betting agencies for usually Melbourne Cup, I'll throw a little bit down and AFL Grand Final. 
Uh, otherwise, usually I'll do the couple of bets with Chris through the year. I do have a look at odds more just to kind of see value. I used to be, you know, go through all the different the picking ones and I'd be like, oh, they're playing outside in cans when it's usually blowy. So I'd be like, wow, you know, to kick more than 10 behinds in a game or 11 behinds in the game total, I was like, well, there's good value. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a, a mean person for stats and analysis and I'll look for value. Swizz, and I'll tell you at 336, Blues are value. That's all I can say. I don't say they're going to, like, I think they might win, but they're value. Do we know if Bonford listens to this because fuck his Blues aren't getting anywhere near me? There's no point getting on the Blues to win the flag. Take $3.36 and throw everything on against Richmond. 100%. Mate, the biggest fucking lock of round one. Richmond are going to beat Carlton. I'll tell Jeez. you that right now. Uh, so, anyway, let's talk about the hey, players, mate. Hey, I'll tell you what, loser, <laughs> loser does a shot on air, Swizz. How about that? Oh, that's fine, mate. I'll do one now if somebody gets me one. Okay, well, <laughs> I've got, hit, I've got the mojito going and that. You might so as well do wife. a preemptive, preemptive shot. That way, when Richmond lose, you can do another. Uh, okay, let's move on. Jaden Short's the first one I want to talk about. So there's a couple of premiums that have the potential to be a top six in their line. Short's one that I think we're both big on. 535K, average 98.3 for the year. Now, some people were a bit thrown off. I think Chris started him and he was like, oh, he kind of cost me. The, you know, 97 to start the year, 92 during the middle phase. And then when Hooli went down, they really came home strong. Average 106 in the back end. Um, really impressive. So I think with Hooli now out, I think short is the way to go. I think he's underpriced. He can definitely be pushing that top six barrier. He's young. Swiss, what do you think? Do you reckon he has potential? Yeah, absolutely. Mate, hasn't left my side, mate. Love the guy. Um, I didn't have him last year and a lot of people were on him. So I know they sort of felt a little bit of a burn factor, but because um, they were like, oh, this is the year short's going to you know, break out and do everything and become a, that big premium. But we all knew why Hawley was in that team. Short was still playing a little bit second fiddle there. You know, they've thrown Baker down and, and Re Daniel Rioli is a bit of support um, throughout the season. But now with Hawley out, Short is the man. Um, I think it was he averaged five to 10 points, uh, was it five points last year? No, no, it was, it was 10 points better last year when Hawley was out and five points better over the last three years, I think, when Hawley was out. So, you know, there's it's definitely ironic you, It's ironic you say, um, you know, he was second fiddle because normally his first fiddle is a bit short too, Swiss. Well, not not sharing a uh, bath stall with Jaden, I can't confirm or deny that, but... Uh, I share all the stalls. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you and Zorks, but um, yeah, no, Shorty, <laughs> Shorty is a definitely a great, oh, uh, great pick. And the great thing about I'll Short tell you is, this. yeah, you go I'll on, mate. I tell you this, right? Dane Zorko, it'd be like stepbrothers all over again, where it'd be like <laughs> Jane Steamos, and then we'd go to the urinal, like pull out the little tape measure, and we'd be like, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twinning for sure. And if not, I'd uh, definitely cut it down to size just to twin out. No, and I think of a couple of those games, yeah, people got a bit scared of the Melbourne game, the 61. He had some 70s and 60s in there, but there were some reasons for that. But the guy loves to kick the ball. He's one of those 65-metre players that we talk about. And it's also it works the other end, like a bit like Daniel Rich. You don't want to leave this guy free when somebody's marked the ball 55 out because he loves the handball receipt if you can kick a goal. And he does like getting a few. I've seen him do it to the Chris's Pies a few times. And for some reason, they never man him up when he's – you know, somebody's got that mark at 55. So at 5.35, I, d I don't think you can go go too wrong. I know, you know, only being in 11% of teams because a lot of people like those more uh, more expensive options or looking at Whitfield and Sicily. So I can understand that. 
But yeah, I definitely think he's valued this year. You know, I agree. And not only that, I think teams now are starting to get used to the standing on the mark rule a little bit more as well as ways to exploit it. You look at Carlton and Carlton, when they get a mark, they're kind of standing near the person on the mark and they're looking for the offload. So you, Zach Williams and your Sards were really trying to run through where you know, even Patrick Cripps, like got a mark, looks around and literally facing the other way, waiting for one of these three runners to kind of run through because the person on the mark has to stay there. So if you're running at pace, there's nowhere they can get you. And people like Short coming out of the defensive line, anywhere near goals, all he has to do is run past that person and they literally draw and pass, bang, he kicks it. And I think these rebounding types with good kicking accuracy, speed, and distance on their kick like Short has, I think it's underrated. Uh, that's why I also think for, you know, Zach Williams and Saad could be good value in draft leagues this year. But Short for me, I think is, um, I'm definitely not going to be short in his stock, mate. I'm all in. I've had him in my side for a lot of the year as well. And it's the wages we set up, like Grimes, Asprey, we don't like these guys kicking the ball. So it's about them taking the intercept mark. Where's Short? Handball to Short. And it used to be handball to Hawley. And Hawley, who was, you know, we know was probably unlucky not winning one of those Norm Smiths, but he did it for a number of years out of that Richmond defence. And Short's just the next guy. So, yeah, and at his age, I just think it's a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. Next one, Dustin Martin is a mid forward, 503,000, average 92.5. Definitely a burn man for a lot of people last year. Uh, started off with 97 average over the first six. He went bang. I think the first couple of rounds went big and then completely dropped off. Uh, he was was he battling with a little bit of injury. Then he ended up having, was it a kidney issue or something or other? So he was real ill. Uh, dropped a whole bunch of weight, which probably does help a little bit of the running um, in his rehab as well, trying to get big and you know strong again in through the core. Um, now, here's the funny thing, though, is that Rewalt, Rewalt did say that Dusty was set for more midfield time in 2022 after playing closer, closer to goal over the past three seasons. I was like, oh, okay, that could be interesting. And then literally in the uh, in the trial game, played, you know, a whole bunch of midfield time, and it's definitely one to watch with. Well, mate, I'm, I was absolutely loving the fact that Dusty was back there in the midfield, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, now, the first worry is obviously the injury and coming back from there last year, but and a lot of people are worried about how how that's going to affect him and thinking he might start more forward. I think it's the opposite effect because Dusty, um, you know, they usually try to ease him back. He hasn't had a lot of short pre-seasons. He'd be flying back and forward to New Zealand, where this year, um, you know, unfortunately the passing of his dad, um, you know, he's now probably just got footy to concentrate on. It's not flying back and forward. Um, with the injury, it was just recovery and then straight back into footy. So there was no need for him to sort of be eased back in the season. He's just been back training. Uh, um, part of my job where I'm on, on the train, I, I'm lucky enough to get to see two minutes of Richmond every you know every day while I'm sitting at the platform and just watching him run. And they just seem to be doing so much running. Uh, I think he's dropped like 15 k's now. So yeah, instead of that sort of forward role and just kind of the guys that Richmond have got down there, we know they've had the small forwards, but Jack Rewalt, Tom Lynch are still the mainstays down in that forward line. You think Cochin's probably going to have a bit more of a different role out of that midfield with Graham and Bolton taking over. Um, so it wouldn't su surprise me to see Koch playing a little bit more forward time. Lambert's the same there as another one who's, you know, as they're aging, they'll probably spend a little bit more time off the half forward flank. And yeah, they, this could be, well, I think Richmond and, and Dimmer would be looking at going, this is our last chance. Who's our best player to get in that midfield? And that's Dusty. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if he came out and just went you know, haywire, especially early. Um, and he's got a tendency to do that. The and other reason... forward even, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The other reason, like, 
the thing I actually really like about him because in previous years I would never start Dusty and everybody would be on him and he'd come out, go bang, bang, and then have some slow weeks because of that, you know, shortened preseason that he would have. Um, but he used to always be around that 550 to 600K mark. Now this year, and, and he would drop to between 450 and 500. Well, this year he is at 500. So the actual drop down isn't going to be, if he was to drop, not that much. I think it's all the other way, or at very least he's going to stay at his price before you'll have a rise at some point. So I don't, um, and if, yeah, and I think we talked about before, Benny, about the preseason game where, yeah, he played all, um, well, most of the minutes on the ball, which he normally doesn't do in the preseason. So it shows that he's ready to go for round one. And um, it's very tempting to start him. And especially that, I think it's 30, um, 30, 30%, 30 no, 29%, 30%. So have yeah. got him in at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised if that rises if he has a big performance in the midfield against the Hawks this weekend. Yeah. And it's one that I've been tossing up with watching just based on his price point, because I can't see him going worse. Um, it just depends now with the, the news that Rewalt was saying, plus the, the visual and the stats on how we went in the trial game, it's now kind of two things lining up together and similar to like with Geelong and Dangerfield as well, how you kind of have to play those guys in the midfield. Do you know what I mean? If you want to have your last hurrah, you need your best players in there. So it's kind of like, right, well, you know, if you get banged up, then we can rest you later, mate. We can put you in the forward line a bit more later if we're rebuilding or whatever. But if you're going to have a shot at winning, you need your best guys in there. And I think he's dynamic. And even now you look at how teams are sort of matching up with, you know, some bigger boys, some dynamic and X factor players. Dusty in that midfield would just be, um, yeah, exceptional. And, and and that's where it comes into with uh, like Dangerfield and Dusty being very similar players um, in the previous part. You just knew for those last sort of, well, for Geelong for a long time and Richmond probably over the last four years that they knew they were playing finals or, you know, they did and, you know, ticked all the boxes, they're going to be there. So some of those players, they'll be trying to, you know, manage. And that's what we talked about in the Melbourne podcast. You know, what does Melbourne do with Oliver and, and Gorn and Petrarca this year? Because they should have the talent enough to make the finals. And it's about, you know, when they come to that, that time of the year, they want their boys ready to go. Richmond doesn't have the luxury this year. It's not like, oh, well, we'll just bank wins early or um, we'll get those uh, games that we know we can win. Dusty can rest forward this year. Richmond have to have their best team on the park to win those games. So, and Dusty's their best player. Yep. Can't disagree more. I think it's definitely going to be the case. Um, this year, I think, is the year to probably get on him then because next year he'll probably go back to a midfielder and maybe average you 100 to 105 and be like, okay, like he's a good midfielder. But, you know, you're not going to be putting him in standard. So for those kind of players, same as your, yeah, your Heenies and your Butters, they'll probably be a midfielder only next year. And we see time and time again, um, players that are playing midfield role, they are the ones to get onto, particularly when they have that year. Your Greenwoods, your Brayshaws and stuff in previous years. Marshall, who was a ruck, he changed obviously straight out to a ruck. Um, Dangerfield was a forward only, was doing really well, then moved to a midfield. Dusty previously forward, but you know changed into a midfield. So you can look at these people with a midfield role and a forward status. It's the best thing you can do because it's easier. They have low, um, better floor, better ceiling more consistency and generally average better. So that's why I'm kind of looking at this person in particular. And at 30% owned, he does have a ability to an ability to burn you as well if you don't get on him. So I am now heavily looking at him, which is at the point now I'm trying to work out how to get him in my side swiz. We just had a bit of a muck around before. <laughs> Somehow I've ticked all the boxes and I'm looking going, hang on, how do I have 13 premiums? <laughs> like, yeah, it's um 
It's a funny game, this business. And, and zero cash, exactly, Benny. That That's a fair effort there, mate. Zero cash, which is definitely one that we don't normally get to speak about. Hey, Swizzy. But, yeah, um, cash, no cash here, mate. No cash here. No cash here. Chopper. Good old Chopper. Um, speaking of which, mate, you can start talking about a bit of draft leagues now, hey? Is that the only two no. more relevance there? While you do oh, that, I'll bring up the little, I'll bring up the no cash team just for people to have a little squeeze out on the YouTube. Yeah, that, that, that's worth having a look at. But, mate, there's probably, what, another 20 relevant players um, that we need to talk to about the people. Um, I think the first one is actually Jack Graham. Um, that's another one we talk about, as you said before, with the Zorko's danger fields. Those guys have forward status and butters, and, and then they lose it because they play all midfield time. Jack Graham, I think this will be the last year he'll be midfield forward. Now, he's not going to be a standard option, but in draft at 4.57, he is falling. A lot of people aren't looking at him because he didn't have the greatest average last year, um, you know, around that sort of 85 mark, playing pure midfield. Um, now, I think he's that sort of inside ball, and we know Presti has had a lot of injury um, problems over the last few years, so I can't see um, Graham dropping under that. I think there's some value there at least five points. I don't think he's going to be that 105 guy like, you know, your Cheras and Hewitts who go um, play full-time midfield. But I still think, yeah, 95's a fair um, reflection of what he could do. And, um, yeah, so there's some good value there as a draft option. Yeah, no, I don't mind, Graham. And when he plays midfield, he usually goes 90 to 100 anyway. So don't mind that at all. In he those likes the leagues. tackle as well. So that that's always important. We've said about that, the new tackling rules. Uh, Shy Bolton, your thoughts on here, mate? I should leave Bolton to you, mate. Oh, don't even. Look, he's very talented. Um, but, you know, you kind of, Aaron Hall was one that was doing really well and trending well, and I decided that, you know, bucked the trend because of his history. And then Shy Bolton was having a similar trend of, you know, good games, except for like one or two. And I think I was like, okay, I'll jump on him and obviously made the, the wrong decision. So uh, I don't know, Shy Bolton, Another year under his belt, maybe he'll get more consistent. He's definitely got that X factor and that dynamic sort of play. So I do like him, even in like keeper leagues or even in draft leagues. I don't mind him because the forward line does drop off pretty quick. So I think there is some value there or some upside. If you're kind of looking at natural progression, natural upside, maybe more consistency. Will that happen? I don't know. But at least it's, you know, not as bleak as other players. At least he has some upside. Yep. Presti is another one with some value in the midfield. And a lot of these Richmond players have value because they had a lot of injuries last year. Um, just we copped injuries at the wrong time and, and lost some games that we shouldn't. And Presti is one that does miss a lot of games. So you have to be aware of that. So you don't want to take him too early. But I do see him sitting around quite later in a few drafts at the moment because of that and just his average. And he had that 13 against Sid, that injury affected 13. But yeah, here's a guy that when he came back at the end of the year, off no, um, you know, really much training. He pumped out a 113 and a 120, so he can still score. Richmond still, he, he, that's his only position he plays as midfield. You're not going to see him lining up in the forward pocket or the halfback flank, so definitely some value there in draft. You know, I like it. Um, I think that's pretty much what name Curvis, eh, Baker, eh. Um, man, Baker, Lynch Baker's looked not- all right, but. Baker's a in. bad one because I think he's now the next, you know, he's playing Short's role that, and now yeah. Short's moved to Hawley. So, you know, he's going to be playing off the half back. Um, I think Richmond's back line's pretty settled. Bolton, well, they're talking about um, Bolter possibly playing some forward, but Bolter, Asprey, Grimes, Broad, um, uh, Short, and then you've got Baker back there, and then 
there's a possibility of that one more, depending on what they're going to do with Bolter, average, but... When Short's average started to spike in that last sort of six, seven rounds, I think um, Baker averaged about 88.3 in that period. So it's um, there could be some upside to go high 80s, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Like a bit, as we said, it's not going to be as good as Short um, was playing with Hawley, but for a guy that, you know, you're going to get really late in drafts as a defender, um, yeah, definitely just keep an eye on him because you could have him as your last on-field defender and, yeah, he could score 80s for you. So, yeah, it's not a bad little sneaky pick for that one. Um, Daniel Rioli's come up a name a, f- a few times and that just because of the role change. I think this is Daniel's last possible year on the list if he um, if he was to have another, you know, kind of shocker. He's been one of the whipping boys at Richmond. Uh, you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for him, but... Yeah, our forward, it's always hard as a small forward, so they've tried to give him that role down in the back line, and there's a bit of talk about, as I said, moving Bolter back up to the forward line to give some support there, maybe get Gibkiss in some games, or, you know, with those already tall players, and you know, Broad, Asprey, and Grimes, um, and then play the extra small down there. So Rioli, as a um, as a swing, I think he's a defender forward, a mid-forward. Yeah. No, no, it's Morris. Daniel is the forward defender. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not a bad one to put on your bench in uh, in a draft. Um, and it gives you a bit of flexibility there. And if he got, plays defense, you know, 75 as a, a bench defender, fantastic. Yeah, his last seven rounds for 79.4, so he yeah. could push could push towards the 80. just depends, I guess, on consistency and role. Uh, what else are you looking at? What do you think about Ralph Smith? Everyone's well, kind of jumping that, on and him. And that's where I brought up Rioli first because it's the eye test this week because it's talked about Ralph Smith actually playing Rioli's role um, down there. So... Oh, um, right. He becomes he becomes a standard option if they go Ralph Smith over Rioli because we just said that Rioli in those weeks went seventy nine, and if Ralph we all know if the guy's playing off that half back line and and just with no with all the freedom in the world it's like the rucks every ruck on the field scores eighty pretty well every half back scores eighty and that it just it's the it's the quarterback role, um and yeah Short's going to be the man but if they look at Ralph Smith being it and there's a lot of talk about him possibly. You know, he's gone ahead of Sydney Stack because, unfortunately, as much talent as Stack has, um, he's a bit of a loose cannon off the field. So I think they're looking at young Ralph Smith as a possibility of, you know, getting some game time. So, yeah, big eye test for Richmond's back line this week um, as an option. Interesting. Now, I want to touch on this more just for comical reasons. Thompson Dow is priced <laughs> just a couple of thousand dollars shorter than Paddy Dow was last year. Now, do you reckon that... 40 to 50% of the comp should jump on this year, Swiss? <laughs> well, for shits and giggles, why not? Yeah, why not? He's probably better than – well, I can't say he's better than his brother because they, they kind of play a bit different, but he's more on the wingman. But I will say with this for Richmond, uh, we did lose some of those sort of guys over the last few years. You know, Brandon Ellis, Markov went up to the Suns. We lost Jackie Higgins and Butler, who were more the small forwards, but Higgins was looked at that guy that might push more midfield time. So Richmond, outside of McIntosh, you know, I think Conker before that, we've watched lost a lot of those half-forward wingmen over the years. So McIntosh is more the defensive winger, and we're looking for that more attacking winger on the other side. So Thompson Down could be the guy that I've heard he's been training quite well. So again, the eye test would be interesting because a bit like uh, Liam Henry at Fremantle, um, you know, that high draft pick that they're trying to, you know, get him up around the ball. Thompson Dow, I don't really like it as much for standard. But again, as if for a draft smoky, especially like um, you know, if you can pick somebody up for your bench who, you know, they get around the ball, score average seventy five, and he's a forward, fantastic because there's a few forwards who um, you know, are priced at that sort of 
400,000 mark that you're looking at going, God, I don't even think they can go 75 this year. So, you know, the audacity to mock my smoky draft relevance <laughs> on players that might get 80. Then you start pumping up Dow's tires, Thompson <laughs> not, Dow's mate? tires as a 75 draft option. How dare you? Well, mate, we don't have a wingman. We don't actually have a fucking wingman there. And you tell me who's going to play wing for Richmond. Okay, so say if he's on the wing, say if he's on the wing, then he could go 80 plus and therefore be a bench option on in your draft. Yeah, could be. Basically, it'll be a waiver watch. You kind of look at him and go, sweet, no worries. And the reason why we watched the last preseason game too is because that's where you can pick up some role changes in your draft waiver wire or free agency, usually free agency if you've done your draft already. Um, Happened a couple of years ago. I was watching the game. I was like, wow, Clayton Oliver looks pretty good. And then I was like, I'll watch him in the second game. This is when they played a few. And I was out at the time, and I think I just happened to catch a glimpse. And I think at halftime, I saw how well Oliver was going. I was like, right, I need to move on Oliver. And I had a look, and Chris got him at quarter time. And uh, Clayton Oliver went on to average like one, was it 110 or something rather for that year? Like it's just one of those things where you look at role, and basically when you look at them, and if it looks like the role's there and they have the performance, then maybe if you find some space. Um, and it could be just like, um, I'm trying to think of the Adelaide, Adelaide kid, uh, beefcakes, Schoenberg mm-hmm. could be him this year if he's playing yeah, pure mid. So yeah. And, anyway, and they're the ones to keep an eye on. draft smoky last year. So the, yeah. the only rookie really of note to talk about, well, I know Tyler Sonsi could be something I know a couple of people have talked about because of his, um, VFL form last year and links with Hawthorne there, but, um, yeah, I just don't see him getting the game time if it was Richmond or somebody else, maybe. But uh, Josh Gipkus, uh, the guy that we, it was down to him and Hobbs, and we really needed an inside midfielder. But because Gipkus was there and he was rated as a top five pick um, and, and just kept sliding because those teams didn't need an intercept marker, key defender. So that's always the worry. But he hasn't put a foot wrong since joining the club. I don't really like paying 171000 for you know defenders coming in, but... There's a lot of talk about he could be lining up round one and why they might be pushing Bolter forward, which will be interesting. If if they're willing to move Bolter forward to get Gipkus in, I think that shows a lot about the kid's character coming in um, to a new club. You know, I feel you now. I feel like they call him Stanley. Stanley. No? No. Stanley Gibkus. Come on, you can't be masking your humour there, can you, surely? Yeah, no, mate, mate, I've got actually nothing for that one. Oh, I'm going to start you calling you Jim because you should be caring more. <laughs> uh, but about from that, mate. Um, <sighs> yeah, you uh, heard no. me. I've got nothing, sorry, mate. Got, I'll call you just, Jim because you're not caring. Jim Carrey, yeah, the mask, yeah, I know, mate. Stanley Gibkiss. I was thinking that, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, now I'm with Gibkiss. you. Yeah, now I'm with you, mate. Now I'm Gibkiss. with you. Yeah, Stanley Gibkiss. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, Where's Chris thing. when you need him? Chris. Yeah, yeah, you and your fucking dad jokes and shit. Chris, no, it's a movie Chris, joke. It's uh, a movie yeah. joke. Looking through just said, looking through the percentages, mate. Uh eight percent have Morris Rioli in there. That's <laughs> so um those picking him, even if he was to get a game, he's a small forward. He's not getting he's not getting points. And that's a bit like uh Mosquito coming in for the bombers when he was playing. Yeah. No, that that's what he's gonna do. So or, just or, junior, or Motlop Jr. I wonder if yeah. Motlop Jr. likes meat pies at Bali as well in the off season. 
Remember how Motlop yeah. came back like five yeah. to ten kilos overweight? Well, actually, my mate said that we were talking about the Hawks podcast the other day, and I was uh, talking about Jai Sarong, and my mate was doing laps, and I was like, oh, who's that guy who's come back with looking a bit weighty? And then he looked up, and he was like, oh, that's just the, the new kid. So he's like, if you're looking at Jai Sarong, maybe just cross him off the list at the moment because the uh, training eye test for my mate uh, didn't, uh, you know, wasn't a tick for him. So just a, just a little interesting one there. But outside of that, mate, I think that's, that's it from my tigers and that there are a few draft relevant skies just because of the value that, that you can pick up. So yeah, a bit more relevant than previous years. And just because we had that drop down the ladder. Yeah. They're kind of like, even I think we're just saying like kind of the Richmond of old are sort of like Port Adelaide now where Port Adelaide outside of like two players and maybe a couple of rookies, like they, you know what I mean? They're, they're a team of, they do well as a team, but no one really sets the water like uh, a light as far as super coach generally outside of a couple of players. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch and we'll definitely keep an eye out on that. And that's it from us, everyone. We will catch up with you. We'll release some more podcasts over the next day or two. We'll try and get on and finish this series tomorrow night. Swizz, thank you very much for joining me uh, this evening and we'll catch you next time. Mate, anytime I'll talk tigers with you. So no, it's a lot of fun tonight, mate. So yeah, I'll uh, catch you tomorrow. There's a big, big sound on the... Oh, that's not it, is it? <laughs> oh, all right. Catch you next time. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 